This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's hour two of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3. The fan and time now for Eric Chia. Follow this NFL news of the day and the Dan Campbell audio that he teased last hour. It was a wonderful broadcasting, and here's the payoff. Yes, sir. Here we go. Now, we know that there are salty Detroit Lions fans that have put up billboards in Detroit that says he was eligible. He was eligible. So there's some Detroit Lions fans right now that are that are trying to make their voices be heard that their team they feel like got bleeped on Saturday night's Monday night football. Man, they just keep getting bleeped against the Cowboys. I mean, the Anthony Hitchens PI in 2014. Yeah. You're right. That was 9 years ago, but it seems like yesterday to me. It's hilarious. It was a playoff game, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, that was important. That was important. Well, uh this was pretty important. This was basically a playoff game the other night. Here is Dan Campbell himself on local radio in Detroit, 97-1, the ticket, and he does not have much of a regret. See if you sense any lies in here from Dan Campbell. Yeah, I told I told our offense, I think I, I said this before, and I, we're going for the win. And we're going to go down, we're going to score, and we're going for two. And, and I wasn't coming off of that. So if it was like 10 or 15, like a holding penalty, you still would have gone for it? No, if we're getting outside the ten. No, okay, we, that's we why I'm asking. Outside yeah, the yeah. ten every week, good on good. <laughs> we do it every week. O versus D. Yeah, I, like when, when you got the penalty and move it to go the. Go ahead and say it. Say it, both of you. What? Say it. Say what you want to say. I think from the seven, it's a low percentage play. I think your chances of winning are lower than if you kick the extra point. I would have. I would like you would say it to anybody else. Yeah. I'm on the radio. Say it like you want to say it. Yeah. I thought it was a reckless decision. Thank you. Okay, but you don't regret it. No. Nice. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. it's great interaction. Yeah. Yeah. He held his own. He was not a surefire bleep hole. It was just. It was just say what you need to say. Okay. Cool. And he was able to eat it. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a great back and forth. Yeah. But it, he was lying. It. Yeah. But the thing about it is, it's funny that they kind of danced around it. You know, and, and we we all walked that line. Yeah, you're trying not to be yeah, overtly not, disrespectful. Right. You're trying not to be a guy like, you know, like when you have Jerry or Steven or anybody on, and you're trying to be like if they make a McCarthy and you make a critical decision, yeah. you're not trying to be a jerk about it. But honestly, yeah, you want to you just come out and say, hey, that was really a stupid decision that you made to go for two. If yeah. you knew anything about analytics, after you, not, after you didn't get it the first time, there's, there's a, 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 a greater chance of you not winning that game the second time you did it, and the third time you completely effed yourself. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's so, what the fans want you to do. They want you to crash exact, out. Exactly. They want you to crash out, and, cuss them out, tell them how stupid yeah, he is, and, and then go to the next caller. Yeah. And it sounds like that's what Dan Campbell he wanted, wanted to do. And that's what, no. <laughs> I'm here for it, buddy. Let's go. What's on your mind? Get some going. This exactly. is fuel for me. Tell me how much I suck. Yeah. Exactly. That's the whole thing. Like, those guys wanted to tell him he was an idiot for doing that. 
and you know, and he he drew them into that. But it, it's their their responsibility to try and be respectful. You know, you want to be respectful of your guests and trying to you know not ruin a total relationship. Yeah, and he held, he handled it well. I, I did. Yeah. I do think he is lying though when they about question what? him about ten. Yeah. If there was ten yards, if it was a fifteen yard penalty, I think Dan Campbell at that point had looked his team in the eyeballs, and he's a man of his word. We're yeah. going for damn two. <laughs> well, I don't care if we get on the no other question. goal line. No question. I don't care if we got to no get question. into the press box here due to yeah. stupid penalties, yeah. ineligible or not. Yeah. We're going for two. No matter you know hell or no, high water. He here. was. If that ball would have get. If that ball would have placed at the twenty-eight, he was still calling a two-point play. What color? What color are you uniformed, boys? Yeah. Blue and silver. That's right. These colors. You sure ain't yellow. Honolulu blue. <laughs> but yeah, you do. You walk that line. Yeah, you know? he he is, he's a true alpha though, and I just I, I love it that he is that comfortable with confrontation. It's entertaining as hell. It is. You know, to me, it's a trade-off. Do you want a more cerebral guy uh, who might be more clever, might have higher emotional intelligence, or it's football? <laughs> is this the way? You know, is Ed Orger on the way? You know, obviously you don't want to be trying to uh, start a relationship with the chancellor's wife at a gas station on the side of the road just outside Baton Rouge. You don't want to go. First, you don't want to yeah. go full Ed Orger on. Yeah. But I mean, I I don't know. I'm going back and forth as as the owner or front office today in Detroit. Like we're about to make the playoffs. This is great. Is this the guy we want to take us into 2024? I mean, that was a badass interaction <laughs> that he had. Do you see how he be slapped those talk radio dudes? It was great. That was awesome. He's all man. And he told them to slap him, yeah. and he just ate the slap <laughs> yeah. and basically said thank you. Yeah. But damn it, he's an idiot, isn't he? Yes, he is, but he's our idiot. He's a man he's of his amazing. word. Well, the next time there's we're, we're going for two boys. We're going for damn two. The next time there's any kind of controversy, and I'm interviewing Dan Campbell. If I'm those guys, I go right to the point. Dan, yeah. Dan, that you know everything will tell us that that was a, a stupid decision right there. You shouldn't have made that decision. You cost your team a chance to win. You probably cost your team the second seed in the in the upcoming playoffs. I think know. he appreciated. Yeah. yeah, I think he would appreciate I that. I think right now you just open that door for those guys to ask any question they want. Yeah. And and not feel one bit of of like anxiety about it. Mm-hmm. And that's cool if you can get to that point. It, it was cool. I really enjoyed listening to that. So shout out to Dan Campbell and those fellas there in Detroit. I think they were way more respectful though, like than what it really was, you know, when he was not there. What an idiot. Can you believe yeah. this guy? That's really what yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. I'd say they they need to more shove all in. Yeah, yeah. Go after it. It looks like uh, the, so the billboard in Detroit off a random highway there just reads Decker reported, Decker reported, yeah. and it's obviously in the uh, the Detroit Lions colors there. But yeah, so they're they're, they're salty, and I totally understand. The he NFL did, yeah. is just going to bat for the referees. They're just he, saying he, this is not anybody else's fault other than uh, I guess the players involved because the refs did it by the book. Yeah, I don't like it when the Cowboys get this distracted by the refs' decisions. You know, I don't, I don't think it's good. Um, but it's an under, it's a misunderstanding of the rule, um, well, and that's on Dan Campbell's ledger as well. They, and, and a, a player that reports eligible has to line up in an eligible position. Yeah, that that's the rule. That is the app. That is the rule. So, and I think that's fair. yeah. And 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 the, and the league is very clear about that. Well, uh, it looks like, are you guys comfortable at least nominating, potentially handing over? I think there's a handful of bleep holes that we could, uh, you know, that are deserving here. But Bill Belichick holding out a healthy Trent Brown offensive lineman, healthy scratch, so that he wouldn't get uh, a single dollar of playtime incentives. 
Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. 750K. Uh, Trent Brown has a total of almost $7 million of, of playtime incentives due to injuries and stuff throughout the year. He was only going to, he could max meet his 65% playtime, which was going to be 750 k He wasn't yeah. going to sniff anything else, uh, but he's hovering very closely to 65%. Had he played on Sunday, he would have been right there, but they healthy scratched him, and Bill Belichick saved Robert Kraft 750 k because of it. That's weird um, because if I'm getting fired, I'm getting all all the bad incentive guy players out here. I was thinking the same thing. Why would Bill Belichick care about Robert Kraft's money, especially if what we understand to be true, Bill Belichick is is one game away from no longer being the coach of the Patriots. Maybe maybe Kraft needs the extra seven fifty to pay Belichick to leave. Oh, this is part of his buyout or something. Yeah, just like listen, hey, you can either give the money to the player or you can take it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm not really that's not serious. I think I, I think any idea is a good idea at this point. I can't for the life of me understand what, what's going on here, well, Bill Belichick. About, I think he just he oh, just Tyron, is, he sort Tyron of just Smith? he likes to be a bleep. Hole. It makes me feel like yeah, it was petty. Like yeah. he didn't like the way Trent Brown practiced or something. So he's mm-hmm. gonna yeah, yeah for sure. Tyron Smith's gonna miss some incentive things for him. Todd Archer kind of laid oh, that yeah. all out because of the game he missed against the Dolphins. So you know, I mean, yeah, every game he misses now is another seven hundred fifty grand. Yeah, or something. You, so you yeah. wonder if the Cowboys are gonna somehow, some way, make that up. You know, like, hey, listen, Tyron, thanks for making it for seven straight weeks. You know, you went a lot longer than we thought you probably were going to go. Seven weeks longer. Yeah. A.J. Brown is now officially speaking to the media, and he's kind of got one of those irrefutable arguments because after the game on Sunday where the Eagles collapsed versus uh, class versus the Cardinals, um, he refused to speak to the media. They want to say anything bad, but now he's speaking to the media and just saying, "Sorry, I didn't. I didn't want to be negative. Yeah. I was taught, you know, you don't. If you don't have anything nice to say, you don't say anything at all." And yeah. so I think that's pretty much open shut case there. I mean, we were all taught that. Yes, we yes. Like, <laughs> not me. I was told that many times. Yeah, I don't you, know if I no, ever I just continually say bad things about people. You may not have actually abided by it, but you were taught it. Yeah, I and, don't know about that. And AJ Brown is also uh, being noted as the guy who was trying to galvanize the troops. Uh, and do the camaraderie thing mm-hmm. or the bondage thing, as Mike Baskey would put it. He had the whole team doing a, an escape room. You know, he gets yeah. the whole team together. They go to an escape room, and, you know, they they compete together. They work together, and this is a form of leadership. So uh, When it comes to couples right there, that can start arguments. So the escape room? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen couples fall out over that joint. Just asking for a yeah. fight. I told you to look at this. I've seen him. I've yeah. seen him. Like, man, you are yelling at your husband in front of all of us, lady. You know this, right? See, that is crazy. Honestly, that's a great point, Lucia. I've never done the escape room, but it does seem like, especially if you're doing it with yeah. your significant other, you're just inviting the same arguments you have in the car with the maps yeah. and where to go. Yeah. And those are yeah. some of the worst. Those are some right. of the some of the most knockout, dragout yeah. fights between me and yeah. my wife are when I'm trying to drive. And I don't want to hear from you right <laughs> get, now. Get on the show, The Great Race. Yeah, The Amazing Race or whatever amazing it's called. Race, whatever yeah. the thing's called. Those couples fall you, apart. You want to you want to divorce somebody? You yeah. go on that. Go on that thing. So you think that's what he's doing there? This is AJ Brown disguised as leadership, but he's like, I'm I'm hopeful that this will just fracture everything and I can get the trade that I, I need to get away from Jalen. Y'all ain't got that camaraderie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tyree Kill, by the way, uh, who we just heard from there, is going through. He's got a, marshmallows a, out now. We're a world hey, of you need to chill out. World of trouble. Y'all was y'all was tripping during that crosstalk too y'all were joking too fast y'all got that information and started joking too fast you're right you need to know if somebody's safe first and then once they're all safe then you go ahead and crack your jokes then we can start finding yeah, out then you go ahead and fire who was actually there or not <laughs> you think there were some fish that caught the end <laughs> in a tank
Oh no! <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean that house is big enough. He definitely has a fish tank. In Gotta there. have a fish tank. You don't have a house that big in Miami, Florida, without a fish tank. Yeah, saltwater tank. And we don't have any reports on whether or not the fish made it out alive. No. We know the humans did. The humans did. Um, I ever tell you guys I once had 13 fish tanks? What? Yeah. You were balling like that, Aquaman. Yeah. It wasn't really balling. It, it, it was. It was just hobbying. <laughs> Um, <laughs> on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Aquaman. I had some piranhas. Talking to some seal. <laughs> it was cool. What flipper? <laughs> Nuclear sub at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Take me there. <laughs> Did you have them all on at the same time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your house was... You was fire, bro. Yeah, it was, go, it was down in the basement. He was yeah. walking yeah. around with food, talking yeah. to him. Oh, yeah. All high and stuff. Yeah. Good morning, my friends. Hi, yeah. fish. I was trying to get these ones to breed. <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. And they finally did. Jump from tank to tank. Yeah. How did yeah. you encourage them? Well, you would actually Music. get involved yourself. You would lower the water level and turn the temperature of the water up <laughs> and then simulate the rainy season by, by filling the tank back with water and turning the temperature down. So they were like, oh, it's the rainy season. Time to get it on. Um, and when that would happen, the female, which was much smaller than the male, yes, she could go over to his side of the tank and hold her own in a scrap. At any other time, he would kill her within like a minute or two. Right? Rightfully so. So this is like my prize cichlid. This this gal who, who who would and she would turn bright red when it was breeding season. It was amazing. Right? Sounds like a smoke show. Could totally kick his ass. But I left her in there after the breeding for two long ones. When oh, he got her. And I woke up and, and she was floating. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, as soon as those eggs hatched and they were moving around on their own or something, she was done for. She had, she lost her heart. Oh, yeah. so that was homicide? The husband killed her? He did. Yeah. He was a homicidal maniac. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is an incredible story. The, the, the two Dawson revelations today about having upwards of 13 fish tanks yeah. at any given time. Yeah. Not because he lived in a South Florida mansion like Tyreek Hill does, yeah. but then also to find out that he took his nerd gaming to the extreme level of calling hotlines in the 80s to That's figure right. out how to beat video games. Yes. The fact he knew about the creating the rain season thing was even fun. Uh, that, yeah, that was, was amazing. That's pre internet. I was doing a lot of research that, that, on it. Yeah. yeah. That, that cool. makes it even weirder. Just don't <laughs> Book off the internet. Yeah. I, think. Oh. I thought you were going to the library and get like fish breeding books. Yeah. A whole stack of fish breeding books, boy. Yeah. You a wild boy. He couldn't even Google that. Yeah. He had to actually like put clothes on, get in his car, go to the library. Yeah, yeah. You had to get that signed off for. Only for the young poor lady fish to get eaten alive after she gave herself up for the Sacrificed guy. her. That was terrible. Couldn't just play Barry White for him, could you? Great. <laughs> the, the name of the, the male cichlid was the Great Stromboli. And he was a bad man, dude. You did not mess with the him. Great Stromboli. That was my that was my dad's nickname in high school. <laughs> the Great Stromboli. <laughs> you gullible bastard. <laughs> my dad's Italian. That's the only part. Thank of the you, show. Chief. There's your NFL news of the day and some fish tank talk. Thanks to Tyreek Hill. Okay, around the Mavs, would you be willing to deal this guy to make a move for a star player? It's next right here. The G Bag Nation on 105 through the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back, Nation. Uh, we got around the Mavs here and why I have uh, big hopes going into this new year of 2024. And the biggest question around the maps here as we uh, go into the next five weeks here, okay? Before we get to that, I got to tell you, segments brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one's been in an accident, contact Franklin and Frankel for a free consultation. It's 214 or 817 Go to truckwreck.com. Uh, before we get to uh, that... Uh, there's a Mark Stein item, isn't that right, Eric? Yeah, because uh, the Siakam stuff has been kicked around quite a bit um, over the course of the last few days. I mean, Woj was actually talking about on ESPN uh, earlier today about how Siakam is probably going to be made available. He's got an expiring contract, though, so that's part of the thing that teams are trying to deal with right now um, is you know, whenever we do trade for him, are we going to have assurances that we're going to be able to lock him up long-term here? Is this just going to be rental? So he has some leverage in where he goes because he could just say, yeah, if you trade for me, I'm not going to re-up with you, so you'll just be renting me for the second half of the season. Hmm. Uh, So he's got a little bit of leverage that way. Uh, But when it comes to Mark Stein, he reported the other day that the Mavericks have indeed registered some exploratory trade interest in Siakam. Hmm. Uh, But one source over the weekend described their interest um, as overstated. Yeah. And the Mavericks are indeed hoping to upgrade at the four spot, but the sense that Stein gets is that Siakam is not atop their wish list. Well, there's a lot to unpack from there. You know, um, I could I could see how, you know, they wouldn't have the level of interest to give Toronto what they want, especially if Siakam's not willing to give any sure assurances of an extension. And I kind of like that because that should bring the offers, that should drive the offers low. That should eat up demand significantly. I mean, Toronto is probably thinking at this point with five weeks to go to the trade deadline, let's get some premium assets for, you know, a guy who's still 29 years old, probably has three or four years left at his his current level. Um, But I think the Mavs and all teams need to be careful because Siakam is a really good player, but on a championship team, I think he's your third best guy, isn't he? He's not your second best guy on a championship team, Siakam. No, I don't. I don't believe so. And especially on this team, he would be playing third fiddle to Luca and yeah. Kyrie. Okay, so the big question, and, and Brian, I'd love your thoughts on this as as well. I, I can't believe how much I've uh, turned since draft night. I've eaten crow already on the Derek Lively pick. I yeah. just think, you know, um, 
college doesn't use big men the same that the NBA does. And sometimes there are players who are barely productive in college who are going to show up in the NBA and be significantly more productive. And Lively is a great example of that. Congratulations to him and his success, his hard work, his skill level, basketball IQ. It's all there. And he appears to me, obviously, you would want a Wimbanyama, but acknowledging that as a generational type talent, Lively's the template for the modern big man. You know, still tall, rim protector, but mobile enough to defend multiple positions, a good outside shooter, and a great pick and roll player who can, uh, you know, be a, a factor in the transition game on both offense and defense. Like, this is the guy. Um, so the question is. Would you be willing to entertain, including Lively, in a trade package? You know, you got to think of the Roddy Boubois situation, famously from 15 years ago. Yeah. The Mavs wouldn't deal him for anything. And then him and Profar have been the two I could think of in the, history, in the history of DFW sport. I mean, what could you get have gotten for Josh Green this time last year or yeah. Jaden Hardy last year at the trade deadline? Now their value has significantly decreased. I think Lively's a better prospect than any of the names that I've mentioned. And on top of that, big men mature um, in their uh, early to mid-20s. They, they don't ever arrive ready. Um, it's going to take to 25 years old before this guy's even scratching what his prime is going to be and... Maybe 28, 29 years old, he's a completed project. So he's already really good and really effective, and he's only going to get significantly better. Um, you know, what, what, what would your approach be as the trade deadline is coming up? You have two superstars in their prime with Luka and Kyrie. You have some decent role players around, but dang it, you need a veteran big and a veteran wing, I think, that is ready to go out there and help you win playoff series. What would you do? Well, I, I certainly want to like I, I want to give this team a chance, and and that means trading for something, bringing some level of talent here. But moving off of Lively seems like that is that would be pretty brash, unless you're getting something ridiculous in return. I don't know that I would I would throw Lively in the mix for a Siakam. I, I don't think I would want to do that because now you're you're really just you're going to become super super top heavy. Because if you're trading for Siakam, you're either renting him or you're going to give him a monster deal so that he stays with you. Now you got like three max contracts. Now what are you doing? Now you're the Phoenix Suns and you're just going to the clearance rack and hoping you get veteran guys yeah. to jump on with you. And you're really trying it now. All of a sudden, it's immediate pressure. This is that's like a that's a, like a swing for the fences move. We got to win a championship asap. Otherwise, Luke is going to get you know. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Whereas with Lively, there's hope for, hey, he's going to keep getting better and better. We don't feel like we have to win a championship right now. Uh, but Luca clearly likes him a lot. I mean, I, I think Luca would be rubbed the wrong way if they decided to punt on Derek Lively right now, unless they got something ridiculous in return. Yeah, I, I, I anticipated your question there, Dawson. Okay. And I reached out to a couple of different people in the organization, and I got both of them were saying, highly doubt that they would do anything to move Lively with any type of deal that uh, would bring somebody back. Yeah, so, you know, with Siakam, I don't think I would want to deal lively for him. Um, but there's a, there's a player out there above that level. Yeah. I like I like Vucevic with the Bulls, you know, their center. Uh, you know, you, you start talking to me about guys who you can play through, who can also stretch the floor. Um, I think he's around 20 million bucks a year. You know, for a player like Siakam, I'm probably, you know, trying to deal, uh, you know, Josh Green plus Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, something like that, especially if I'm getting no assurance. I'm not looking to deal with the lively situation at all. 
But I, I do think there are players out there because we're in championship mode right now. And if, you know, Lively is my key, I don't feel like Lively is going to be that much of a deciding factor in playoff series now or the next couple of years. And I feel like with Luka and Kyrie, we have the chance to win a championship now if we get the right supporting cast. Could you, could it be something as he develops in the next couple of years? You're right. Probably not going to be a part of the championship picture now. But is it something that could keep Luka here? Is that the is that the guy that you look at and you say, young player, Luca likes working with him. You know, it seems yeah, there's value there for sure. And then yeah. like, okay, but does it does it? And he's cheap, man. But does that keep yeah. Luca in place? Does that keep Luca wanting to be here to work to continue to work with a guy that might not at 19, but at 22 years old you know I like it and here's how that works is you're talking to Luca's agent about the future yeah and if you have lively here yes you know then the the potential for growth is there yes if you trade lively for a 31 year old veteran and you're out in round one then you yeah you've now your future but we're we're building with something and Luca's still young enough that we're putting a young core around him if that's That's, the model if that's the narrative and you say hey lively is untradeable because of that i'd be okay with that yes it's big picture you're looking for more sustained success you're not trying to snap your fingers and just bring a title to town and then you're dealing with the wreckage afterwards oh but we got the title when you have a guy like Luca, you're trying to set up a, a foundational team here yeah. that you feel like can really go do something right. for a long run. Right. Luca's not the type of guy, not at this point in his age, you know, maybe in 10 years you haven't won anything. You go, okay, yeah. we'll snap our fingers and try and just go get us one. Yeah. But you're you're trying to build for let's go, we want to be competing for conference titles at the minimum year in, year out here. Mm. And you yeah. do that with young, cheap guys that are continuously improving, right. like a Derek Lively, whom Luca seems to already really like, not only on the court, but off. And you have other ways of improving your team. I mean, all your draft picks are going to be available coming up this summer. Um, you know, Hardy and, and Green, I think yeah. those guys can Th- those are move play ons. better. And- well, those are move-ons to me. If you if you really want to trade, and maybe you can find somebody that's just willing to move on from a guy. They, they're like, listen, we'll take this and... We'll take a couple of players. We'll take the pick, and we'll you know we'll call it a day. I, I'm Hardy Green. That, that you, yeah, go ahead, fine, move on. But I, I I kind of agree with the the guys in the organization here, and I, I think it's a way to kind of keep Luca in place. He's young enough too. It's not like hmm. it's not like bringing if you brought if you brought uh, Lively in like towards the end of like Dirk's career, you know something like that. Then it because you're you're kind of looking at it going well yeah we're not. Dirk's not going to be here for long. It's you know we gotta we gotta do something to help Dirk. We we maybe we have to move on, you know that kind of thing. But with young Luca, young Lively, that that might be cornerstone pieces for you right there. You'll have Mavs and Trailblazers tonight. Um, the things I love about the Mavs right now, uh, going into the deadline, um, and I I, I want to say this now because of how much they've lost lately. Luca's playing incredible. He's taken huge steps as a pro. He's came in in shape and stayed in shape. He has not fallen off. He's not going back to the bad habits. The two-star model, you know, if you can put two guys on the court like this, you make some pretty below-average players average, and you make average players good. You remember what we were thinking about the Mavs in the first 15 games of the season, and I know the schedule has made a turn for the more difficult since then. But taking Kyrie Irving out of the rotation has had a dramatic impact on a lot of players. 
You put him back in there. You work for the next five weeks. The trade deadline is coming up. I think we could still be very much on the doorstep to some special times right around the corner this year for these Dallas Mavericks. So I'm very excited to see, you know, those dynamics start to get reset. And you have a great chance against a young, inexperienced, disconnected Trailblazers team twice at home this week. You got to take advantage. Yeah, and, and the Mavs have to take advantage just over the course of the next, uh, I mean, this month they get a lot of home games. I think they're going to be, they're on a seven-game homestand right now. They're about to start. So they're they're going to have some opportunities here at home. They've been really really good on the road this year. They have. Yeah. Uh, but now they're going to have uh, their own version of uh, you know a residency here. You don't see that much. Seven straight home games in NBA. I don't think so. Two one four, bro. You want to trade lively? SMH. You know nothing about basketball. Please stick to soccer. Oh, I appreciate you know the feedback. The truckwreck.com fan text is open. Go ahead and leave your name and city you're texting from. Go ahead, build you a brand. Uh, you, you'll be the guy that says I know nothing about a basketball. And I just talked about. How many players have come into the league and, you know, Mark Cuban or, or another team has looked at us? Oh, this guy's young. He's got all this potential. Yeah. You fall in love with the potential, and it's so rare that young guys who show promise become a superstar. Like, right now, Lively is getting just going to get crushed by championship-level front courts. It'd be like, wow, what happened to Lively tonight? It's like he was barely out there. He, he fouled out, you know, and that's what happens to young big men. I'm talking about I'd be willing to trade Lively for a player better than Siakam who can help you win the championship right now. I absolutely would be willing to do that. Anything short of that, uh, I'm keeping Lively for the long term. Mark Cuban sold a chunk of land to the new Mavericks owners. It's uh, right across uh, from the AAC, apparently worth $49 million. Is that where the current building is, or is it on the... It's in that area by the community beer place. Okay. Uh, Yes, on that side of the highway, on the south side of the highway, closer to the Trinity. Um, but yeah, could, could be a site for a new practice facility. I know he's been talking about, you know, building over there in the design district for, uh, for time to come, but, uh, more assets, $50 million. Mm-hmm. Another, I mean, Mark Cuban's picking up some cash. The more I look at this, the more it looks like a savvy investor exiting a bubble, you know, liquidating assets for fear of what's to come in this, in this market. I, mm-hmm. I just don't know why he would sell something that he loved so much. But I do know that the one thing Mark Cuban has shown more love for than the Mavericks is money. Yeah. It's money. It's, it's, it's investment. He is a venture capitalist. Mm. He is a businessman. He's an entrepreneur. He's a guy that buys things low and sells them high and overvalued. I, I think that's exactly what he's doing right here. I'm just fascinated to see him talk right now as this whole process is played out. Mm. And at some point, I, I think we get a, a, a biography. But right now, if... If your reason for selling is the pro sports market is a bubble that's about to collapse because the cable TV um, golden windfall is going away, you can't say that while you're selling. Yeah. Because that's DN over the new buyers. You know, you just sit there with a grin on your face selling these hyperinflated assets to the next group of people that are dying to get involved in American sports because they want to bring a, a, a casino to Texas. But you don't talk bad about the business model. That would make you a jerky partner. Hey, we got to run. No, oh. this, this is a guy who knows he's not funny guy or fixer guy, and so he's got to maintain his, <laughs> his bad guy status. This is self-awareness at the highest level from Cuban. That's absolutely right. We got baseball stuff coming up. Why there are more good players than usual left in the market? What can we expect the Rangers to do to make the team better before pitchers and catchers report that is not right around the corner and mm. it's next here in the G-Back Nation? 
All right, signings are expected to resume here in Major League Baseball. It's rare this many good players are available this late in the year. And uh, we have what the Rangers are most likely expected to do here in um, in about, what, the six weeks until pitchers and catchers report. Here we go. P's on and your C's. Home of uh, not only your first place Texas Rangers, but also your first place Dallas Cowboys. It's not often we get to see that, Eric, but we can right now. And uh, it's a new year uh, with spring training approaching. There's a lot of signings uh, to, to be done. So far, it's been about the Dodgers and everybody else. I did not realize to the extent at which that statement is true, though. The Dodgers free agent spending this winter, $1.043 billion. <laughs> the free agent spending of the next 19 highest spending teams this winter, $1.04 billion. So they've spent more than the next 19 uh, spending teams in all of Major League Baseball. They're just on a mission now. It's it's crazy that you see a team that's gotten to the top and already has a good team get this frustrated with not having done it yet. Um, but, you know, they, they feel like they've been really close, and apparently they got a, a ton of money to spend. Otani did that incredible deferred deal for them that, that makes it easier. Um but, man, that's that's crazy, especially because the other huge spending possible teams, Yankees and Cubs, are yet to spend a single dollar. So, who's left? Top names out there. Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, Jordan Montgomery, all represented by Scott Boris, who has no problem taking this thing into spring training. So, if you're waiting for a resolution on Montgomery, Eric, you might uh, you know have to wait until we're already boots on the ground in Surprise, Arizona, for him to come sauntering back through that door. Yes, yes, uh, that's the beauty of dealing with Scott Boris clients right there, and with the with the weird financial stuff too. I wonder how much of it is the teams as well, where they're like from the Rangers standpoint with the with the TV money uncertainty. You know, they're trying to get all their ducks in the line as best they can. I did see John Heyman report that the Rangers are still the most likely team to sign Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. So cool. that's that's encouraging. I think that would be a nice uh that'd be a nice way to round out uh the off season here to feel like, okay, they're not just fully going like hands off blaming the Bally Sports TV deal, bringing back a guy like Jordan Montgomery, I think would go a long way with the fans. Yeah, and, and it really I we're we're yet to see what his value is going to be, you know. Um but if you take the balance of Jordan Montgomery's career He's, you know, a pretty good starting pitcher. If you take what he just did in the World Series, you know, you're thinking, wow, is this guy a winner? Does he have clutch gene? Did you see what he did throughout the playoffs and making it happen? And guys that go win a championship get overpaid, and nobody's in a rush to go be the the Warriors giving Jordan Poole 35 million bucks. That's how giant mistakes are made, I think, on championship recent winners. Um, so I want to see the Rangers bring him back. And I'm hoping the report from John Heyman means Major League Baseball is looking at it like, yeah, we're not quite buying it. You just got hot at the right time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, he's he's not the guy that you can point to. It's like, oh, my gosh, he's just got this unbel- like his unbelievable stuff or whatever. We did, we did start to read about the death ball, and that was something special that Montgomery pulled out there in the playoffs that we started to learn about. But by and large, it's just like this dude, he's got a toughness and, and a competitive nature, and, and we all remember the play in the first round versus Tampa where he runs off the bag to go make the athletic play as the big lumbering pitcher that you didn't think yeah. had any ounce of actual like footwork athleticism. He's just one of those like grinded-out kind of dudes that finds ways to to make it through games and innings. And, yeah, is that something you want to bank on? I'm ready to bank on it. I mean, I'm looking at the pitch staff right now 
and you're just trying to get to the all-star break before you can get some reinforcements here. Can we stay above water? And that's before any injuries start to accumulate on the guys that you're going to be rocking with to start the season. So I I feel the need is there. Let's get Monty back, dude. Yeah, yeah, just a matter of what's the price tag. I I think late in the year, the price tag was looking at like $17 or $18 million to bring Monty back. I don't know how much that changes. I think if I'm Scott Boris right now, I'm asking for 40 you know, I'm, 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 I'm shooting for the moon. Okay, the, the most exciting thing for the Rangers remains the, the possibility of trading for a reliever, though. Dylan C., Shane Bieber, among the names expected to be traded in the next six weeks. Um, so I, th- that might be, you know, still the number one concern is, are we going to be plunged back into another summer of despair when it gets to be the seventh and eighth and ninth inning? Okay, uh, ESPN Insider has some hot seat rankings up, guys. Fowler and Graziano weighing in on the Mike McCarthy situation, saying it's kind of a wild card depending on if they lose in the divisional round. Are we gonna? Are we seriously going to talk about this? After a decade of Jason Garrett, I'm terrified of what the alternative might be. I'm very satisfied with Mike McCarthy. If you lose in the divisional round, it would be a massive disappointment. I wouldn't move on from him, but, you know, I, I, I was not broadcasting. I was not even in DFW after the losses to Buffalo and Miami, and I know those those losses probably, you know, have changed the outlook here significantly. Where are you guys at right now with Mike McCarthy? Well, I think he's done, I mean, if you go out there and win 12 games three years in a row, that's pretty pretty impressive stuff. There's so much to like about him. He obviously has his flaws, and those are usually very apparent in close games. Um, and so... But I think you say that about most coaches. So I, I don't know what what is the alternative. I think is a great question. But I do see a scenario where the season ends, you know, so horribly, where it's a home wild card loss, and now all of a sudden you're going, okay, now there might be some emotional decisions that need to be made here. But I would love to know who is going to be that next guy. Is it just gonna? Is it throw Dan Quinn in there? Boom, promote from within. Keep Schottenheimer as your play caller. Like how much really gets changed at that point? I don't know. I think you would take have to take a divisional loss, not a excuse me, not a divisional, a wild card loss. I would say if the Packers or the Rams were to come in here and you were to get beat at home, I think there would be a lot of questions that would have to be answered at that point in time. That you know that and and Jerry even talked about the level, the bar that Mike and his staff have have set. You know, they, he's the one he kept saying, hey, you've put us in this situation to where we can have this thought about doing doing better things, doing greater things. And so I think that a loss in the first round would absolutely put the wheels in motion, especially if... The offense is the one that caves in. Yeah, yeah. But I also believe, too, that this Bill Belichick thing is not going to go away. Hmm. With the Cowboys? Potentially, yes. If if in fact it turned into if it turned into Bill Belichick became available, I and and say the Cowboys had a a difficult loss, say in the first round, I I wouldn't put it past I wouldn't put it past the front office to explore that opportunity if Bill was available. And only if Bill agrees to not have control over the roster. There, there are some things that Bill Belichick would have to absolutely agree. And the thing I would worry about is, would you, would Will McClay, because historically, 
well, I say historically, the last several years, the Patriots, the reason they're in the shape they're in right now is because of some of the drafting that Bill Belichick has done. Yeah. In 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 the drafting in the in the scouting world, the Patriots are a group that gets laughed at by the way that they draft. Now, so, but, they, you didn't you didn't laugh at them when they're winning championships and finding players and then Tom Brady and all that stuff. But right now, the reason they feel a lot of people feel like that they're in the shape they're in is because of the lack of draft. Yeah, they've been on a bad run. So, if now that's the question, if you bring in a Bill Belichick, does that make Will McClay leave? Does, the, does Will McClay says I don't want to work with something like this? Again, this is just me, you know, me right. throwing it out there. And not, maybe the Joneses not, would be like, well, Will, if yeah. we're losing you, then we don't want Bill. Yeah. You know, if you're going to give us that ultimatum, maybe yeah. they would choose Will over Bill. Yeah. I think Will McClay is really important to what Stephen Jones has going forward. I think he is. But, it, you know, if they were to go out, but I, I would, if, if, you, if you have a disastrous, say, first-round loss and Bill Belichick's available – there's going to be a lot of connecting of the dots. Well, as long as long as Bill, you're not uh, you're not coming here to try and build this roster. And two, what are you doing offensively? I don't need Joe Judge, Fat Patricia. I don't need recycling Bill O'Brien. I like what are you doing offensively here that shows that you have any idea how to play football in 2024? Where are we quickly with the scheme and Dak right now and transitioning? Are you happy with the coaching staff and, and where this has gone? I or think, the last I th- three weeks giving you pause? I think Mike has done an incredible job. I think that he's done an incredible job of listening to the issues, the problems, whether it was CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, his own coaches. After yeah. that first, you know, after that San Francisco loss, I think, he, I think he really adapted quickly to what needed to be done. I think they've played some better defenses, Buffalo, Dolphins, you know, De- uh, Detroit, better defenses, I say. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm... I'm I'm not on board like I at one time in my life where I was like get rid of the guy because I I think he's made some adjustments, uh, but uh, I'm just saying though if if it turns into it's it's bad and there's a bad taste in everybody's mouth, I think all bets are off and that's mm. just me that's just me talking about it. it's not me talking to anybody at the Cowboys or anybody with the Patriots or anything like that that's just my my thought of how this might go. If in fact it gets to that, well, thank you for those thoughts, Brian. Thank you. That's a, it's a, it's yeah. an interesting conversation, like how quickly things turn. Um, and it, when, when they the definitely se- did over the holiday. Yeah, when the se- yeah. when the season turns into a thud, when like Eric talks about, you're going a thousand miles an hour, and then you just it hits the wall. You just don't know what's going to happen from that point on. And we we've seen we've seen Jerry Jones work with Bill uh, with Bill Parcells. Okay, that, uh, that that actually turns out to be a great segue into our next segment here coming up at the top. Power rank the teams you want to see the Cowboys line up against on Wild Card Week. It's next here in the GBAC Nation. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.